God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, you instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by that same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the holy ones and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the capstone. Through him the entire structure is held together and grows into a temple sacred in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Their message goes out through all the earth. Their message goes out through all the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day pours out the word today, and night to night imparts knowledge. Their message goes out to all the earth. Not a word or discourse whose voice is not heard through all the earth, their voice resounds, and to the ends of the world their message. Their message goes out through all the world. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. We praise you, O God, we acclaim you as Lord. The glorious company of apostles praise you. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in the prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from there he chose twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let me not be puffed up with worldly wisdom with passes away. Grant me that love which never abates, that I may not choose to know anything but Jesus and him crucified. Today is the feast day of St. Simon and Jude apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. St. Simon is in our gospel reading today called the Zealot, probably because he belonged to the party that was zealous of the law in the early first century Judaism, the group that basically would be starting fights with the Romans to try to free the Holy Land, much like what is going on in Israel today where there's fights for, from various factions for whatever reason. We're not going to get into it completely at this moment. But there are fights going on 
to free Palestine or secure Israel, depending upon which side you're on. But it's that kind of zealousy, zealotness that was uh, what he was known for. The other is St. Jude, otherwise known as Thaddeus. He is the author of the short epistle that we have at the very end of uh, our Bibles, right before the book of Revelation. Uh, you probably know it most because it's there that we get a couple famous statements like, uh, we're supposed to be fighting for the faith. Uh, there are people that have snuck in uh, unawares who are just false prophets, teachers, ministers of the gospel, and we need to be on guard for them, and things like that. So that's basically what today is uh, pointing out. These individuals are magnified because they are one of the early leaders of our church community. They are the first bishops, if you will, of the church. And it is a reminder to us that we were given apostles rather than a Bible. And this is something very important for all of us to grasp and gather and have in our minds. Because there's a lot of people that go around that just want to talk about us having a book, a Bible. And that being the foundation of the faith. And yet, when we turn to the book of Acts, we are told that from the very beginning, people listened to the voice of the apostles. The church was apostolic, not biblical. If you don't believe me, check the early creeds of the church. The Nicene Creed, which most people know, is actually based on an earlier model of a baptismal formula. A formula that is seen in writings like uh, uh, St. Justin Martyr and uh, other early church scholars in the 2nd and 3rd centuries, even before there was a Council of Nicaea. And this is something that people need to wrap their heads around, grasp and understand, because... The church did not just formulate a council or creed based upon the whims of Rome accepting and authorizing Christianity to be a religion valid in its borders. Christianity began with the apostles. And here's another thing to grasp. Even though the written Bible was, in a sense finished by the end of the first century, it wasn't compiled or put together in a way where there was an authoritative list of books that everybody knew beyond question was scripture. All you have to do is read some of the early church fathers to find that they accepted stuff that wasn't considered to be scriptural, but considered them to be holy writings. And there is some debate as to how they understood those holy writings or holy uh, things, otherwise known as scripture, that they referred to as scripture. Because you just need to look at Orthodox Christianity to see how they understand sacred writings. 
They don't have the same notion that the Western Church with Rome and Protestantism believe about the sacred scriptures. That's why they accept books like Maccabees, the fourth book of Maccabees, or uh, other writings outside of what would be considered the Roman canon or even the Protestant 66 book canon. And that's something that should cause us to take a moment and pause. So, we today recognize these apostles. We understand that they went out and preached the gospel to all that they knew. And that's why we take a moment to pause and just take a moment and consider what we have as a result of these men going out. We know that both of these men were individuals that were at the Lord's Last Supper, and they also were the ones who were there when Jesus first appeared after the resurrection. We know that they were men that not only got the commission to do in his likeness of breaking bread and basically having a mass and therefore being priest. They were also there when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit and forgive sins. And this is very important for us to grasp. This is something that impacts how we look at the world. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. That's number one. The psalm tells us that the natural world tells us something. But we also get a word from individuals. Individuals like Simon and Jude, apostles. If you're going to sit back and tell me that you believe in the Word of God and you don't believe in the traditions of men because the Catholic Church is just the traditions of men, I have to ask you, how do you understand inspiration? How do you understand that a man could write a book that could be considered the authoritative Word of God, whether his name be Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Moses, or King David with the Psalms? Solomon with the book of Proverbs. How can you assume that those men wrote the actual word of God unless you were basing your faith in some part upon the testimony of other individuals? If you were not somehow accepting the canon of Scripture to know that the books of the Bible that you declare to be books of the Bible are in fact books of the Bible and not just some imaginary thing dreamt up by humanity or by individuals or other in other men you see this is the thing that needs to be understood Jesus prayed in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John that those who went out and preached into the world 
they preached as if they were speaking for him because they brought people to understand the truth because people received their word because their word was the word of God. Notice it here in John 17, verse 20. I pray not only for them, but for also all those who will believe in me through their word. See, that's the word of the apostles. We believe because we have heard the word of God. Paul writes a little bit differently in Romans chapter 10 about how the ministry of those sent out bring the gospel to anyone. We read in verse 14, How can they call on him in whom they have not believed? So how can you have faith in Christianity if you don't have the message brought to you? And how can you believe in him in whom you have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody to preach? How can you believe in the word of God if there is no word of God? Who brings the word of God? Did it come down from heaven like a newborn baby with a stork to your mommy and daddy? Is that how you understand the Bible came down to you? That people just knew what scripture was because they had some magic epiphany by the Holy Spirit that nobody else has ever had at any other time in humanity? Or was it because someone told them these 73 books are the word of God to you. Or maybe you're a Protestant, you only believe there's 66. Or maybe you're Islamic and you believe that the Quran is. Or maybe you are a follower of Joseph Smith and you accept all the books of Mormon. You see the slippery slope you're getting into here? There's no chapter and verse that tells you exactly what books are in the Word of God. I mean, you'll find in Peter's writings, he'll talk about Paul's writings being Scripture, but he doesn't tell you if Paul wrote Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, 1st Timothy, 2nd Timothy, or any book in particular. He only says the works of Paul are Scripture. So where do you get the list of books? Whose authority do you base your understanding of Scripture on? That's why the church was put in place. That's why we are an apostolic faith, rather than just merely sola scriptura.